Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution, Major League Soccer, and the U.S. National Team on WNRI AM 1380 and streaming live on the internet at WNRI.com. Brought to you by Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. And now, Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue, joined here today in studio with uh, RevsNet.com photographer and writer Tony Vizcaya. And uh, last night, the Revolution had a convincing 3 nothing victory over Toronto uh, FC, despite missing uh, both Parker, Ralston, and Twelman. Uh, Toronto actually did have back their national team players from Canada, but they were all on the bench, uh, and the Revs managed to take good advantage um, dis- despite missing those players with a big 3 nothing victory. People talked about Toronto being a much-improved team. They did show a little bit better than they did in the 4-0 loss, but uh, still they really couldn't match the Revs. Well, credit all guys. They played a solid game defensively, starting up front and then uh, through the midfield and, uh, and uh, in the back, of course, uh, including your guest tonight, James Riley, played a great game. Uh, but uh, Toronto does does have some weapons. I mean, Cunningham can score, and he's proven that on every team he's been been playing for. So um, yeah, uh, congratulations to our guys and Matt Reese especially for getting a shout out. And uh, it seems that uh, Steve Nichols' system does work, uh, even though we have to rotate guys in and out, and uh, we maintain our shape. And uh, defensively, had been a concern the last couple of games, but uh, we we came out shining last night. You mentioned Cunningham. He's a guy that's given the Revs lots of trouble in the past, but uh, they did a good job shutting him down to last night. They had it, He did have a couple of chances early on, but especially as the match went on, uh, the Revs' defense really kept him quiet. Yeah, I think uh, Shari Joseph may have played his best game of the year. Um, and uh, as I said, Riley took care of things in the back, uh, as, as well as the lateral guys. So um, it, it was a good win uh, uh, early in the season when Toronto hadn't scored in a few games. Maybe we kind of took that for granted, and uh, we expected a win. But uh, based on the results in the last half dozen games, I, I think people were concerned about this one. And uh, the, the guys uh, realized that they couldn't let up, and uh, it was a solid win, regardless of the opponent. Especially with Toronto coming from last weekend with a 4 nothing victory over FC Dallas, leading the Western Conference there. Uh, and the Revs' offense, really, in the absence of Twelman, has really picked up the slack with uh, we saw Chrisman getting two goals last weekend and Noonan also getting a goal last weekend and Noonan getting another goal this weekend. He hadn't scored in, uh, I think it was over a year at that point. Uh, it was nice, it's nice to see Noonan finally scoring again. Yeah, well, Noonan's one of the premier forwards in this league. And uh, if he's not injured and he's finally rounding into form, you see him do things that very few guys in this league can do. They're classy goals. Uh, that header... Uh, I don't think that the uh, Toronto keeper had a chance on it. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's a, a deflection. The guy's coming out, cutting down the angle. But the way um, the, the pass was crossed, great by Jeff Laurentowitz. And, uh, you know, Noonan just seems to have a knack for putting the ball in the corners, regardless of uh, the angles on which way he's facing. So uh, I expect a few more from Pat the rest of the year. And his forward part- partner, Adam Christman, didn't get on the score sheet last night, but he did have a nice assist on Andy Dorman's last goal of the match, and he played very well He played very well in general in that match, I thought. And it's certainly going to be a tough decision for a nickel when Taylor Twelman comes back as far as who starts up top with him. 
Well, hopefully we can find room for all three of those guys. Uh, obviously, uh, Noonan and Tallman are our main guys up front. But I think Chrisman's proven that he's an indispensable guy. His work rate is flawless. He's right up there with Taylor. He's the hard work, is hardest working uh, forwards in the league. And uh, Patrick's played midfield before, and he could also play that um, in between midfield and you know the uh, the, uh, the attacking midfield roles. So we'll see what Steve decides to do. But I think that I wouldn't be surprised if all three of those guys do find their way onto the field. It's certainly a possibility, and the, the guy who kind of played the attacking midfield role last night was Andy Dorman. Dorman hadn't scored for a while, I believe since May 3rd. Uh, he finally got on the score sheet with two goals. Uh, certainly he must be happy to have gotten back on the scoring sheet. It, it seemed like uh, he maybe hadn't been playing his best in the past couple of games, but uh, certainly didn't show it last night. Yeah, well, Andy is one of those players that reads the game well, and I think he just uh, contributes in whatever way is necessary. And I think last night... Um, he realized that because of us missing Steve Ralston and, and, and Twelman, as in the previous games, he had to step up and play a leadership role in the offense. And um, he's got the wheels. He can get into position. And if he gets chances, he's going to put some of them away. So it, it's great to see for Andy. Uh, some, some people were starting to doubt after the great season he had last year whether he could match that. But, you, you know, he's not a, a hot and cold type of guy. He's not a necessarily a streaky player. He always contributes in some way. But it's nice to see him show up on the score sheet because people are starting to expect that of him. And, um, and, and we know he can do it. So it's a matter of uh, being in the right place at the right time. And, and like I said, he reads the game very well, combines well with every player on the team. So uh, I think Andy Dorman is the type of player that any team in this league would love to have. One place he did seem to be having a little bit of a problem with last night was uh, set pieces on that surface. He seemed to have trouble getting the ball in the air. Uh, I don't know if it was because the turf was just, uh, just had been uncovered from the grass, uh, but it seemed like that was a part he was pro- having, probably having a little bit of trouble from. It's also interesting to note that the Revs on the turf actually have a 3-0 and record at home uh, and averaging over three goals a game, where when, on the three games they had on the grass, they were winless. Uh, the defense was struggling, especially. I believe they only allowed, uh, I believe they've only allowed one goal in their three games on the turf. Uh, on the grass, they allowed seven in three games. So uh, it, it seems interesting. They, they complained about the turf at the beginning of the year, but they certainly seem to be playing better on it. Well, you know, it's it might be a case where the statistics are misleading. Um, True, the footing's different, and uh, I, I would think that if you ask the players even now after uh, those games that you just described most of the players would probably still prefer to play on a natural grass. But uh, the way the ball plays is different. And, um, you know, Toronto does play on an artificial surface too. Um, But I'm not sure that that's what caused the results that we've seen. Um, The the, the artificial artificial turf has actually been better than anyone expected. Uh, they, uh, the team had described it as the best soccer available surface uh, today. And uh, it does play pretty well. It's not uh, as bad as like the old Texas Stadium uh, or even the Giants field. Uh, it, it's a pretty playable surface. And um, I, I don't think that you can attribute any of the goals or any of the lack of goals in, in the games that haven't had many to the surface. I think the players have adjusted and, um, you know, it's, it, like I said, it's one of those things where don't read too much into the, into the stats. I think it had more to do with the opposition on any given day than it did to, to do with the surface. It was also another interesting thing to, to see that there was actually 
I guess, four inches around the turf of real grass that had been growing left over from uh, the real grass that had been on top of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, uh, you're going to get that when, uh, when they have to make the changes uh, quickly. And uh, the, the stadium crew does a great job of getting that field ready. I think over the years, we've had one of the best fields in MLS regardless. And this year... Um, you know, you know what you're going to get with the AstroTurf, but we, with the natural surface they put down, it was maybe a little bit slippery. Maybe it wasn't anchored just right. It didn't have time to grow in. And um, I, I don't think any of us really knew in advance that it was going to be gone for this game. But maybe it's all for the best. Uh, and now the rest of the year we're probably going to be uh, playing on that same surface. So just for the um, uh, sake of stability and, and consistency for our team, maybe it's all for the best. And certainly looking at the past um, month even, the Revs have only managed to get one practice session in on the turf before that game. Uh, so you would have thought, it, as you mentioned, Toronto FC, a team that had had their last three games at home on the artificial surface, you would have thought it maybe was an advantage for them. Yeah, but, um, you know, the, the players get out there and they react to each situation as it happens. And, um, you know, I think factors like the field, uh, unless it's a really... Um, uh, bad surface with all kinds of bumps and you know uh, bad spots. Uh, I don't think you you can blame too much of the results and how teams interact on the field itself. It's always more to do with the players and with the the, the tactics that the coaches uh, dictate how the teams are going to play. Uh, but yeah, I mean uh, the field's definitely always a factor, as is the weather. Uh, so far this year we've been pretty lucky weather-wise, and um, but, you know we're not going to complain about the field at this point. The team's in first place. Um, we hadn't had the results in the previous uh, three home games. We only got two ties uh, out of a, you know, uh, three games that we had had at home. So it was nice to salvage the uh, home stand with a, a solid win like we did last night. Another guy we haven't mentioned is uh, Matt Reese, who uh, kind of quietly had a very good game last night with six saves. Uh, Steve Nichol called him out, was one of the guys that mentioned that after the game, kind of talked about how key one of his saves was, I believe, uh, early on that actually kept the Revs tied before before the Revs had even scored. Toronto had a good chance where uh, Matt Reese made a great save. And we do have Steve Nichols' comments on the game, and we'll play those now. It's good to get a win. It's good to get a win at home. I think we deserved it. I think probably 3-0 flattered us a wee bit. I mean, I think if you look at 3-0 on a piece of paper, it looks as though it's, it's an easy one. It wasn't easy. They put us under a lot of pressure second half, but... You know, we're talking about closing games out, and it was important that, particularly in the second half, we didn't go gung-ho and charge forward and leave holes, and then we'd lose a goal. I think we did that. We competed with them. They're a big, strong team that competes well, and I thought we were smart. Looked like Toronto a little tougher than the last time you played them, especially creating chances in front of the goal. Yeah, I mean, I think what was huge tonight was that they had a chance at 2-0, and Matt Reese pulled a save. You know, I spoke to him after it and said it's huge when you do that. It just settles everything down. And then we go on from there, which we did. Steve, any update on Jeff Lorenowitz? No, he's, he's going to see the doctors. He's got blood vision, but the doctors are going to look at him. Hopefully it's a couple of days and he's fine. Obviously, when he comes out, I think I think most people don't appreciate what Jeff does for the team. And I don't think most people appreciate how good a passer of the ball he is and he competes. And I guess when he comes out and we don't have him there, then then you see the job he does do. I thought Gary Flood did pretty well. It's obviously a tough situation to come in. But hopefully, and I think it will be a couple of days for, for Jeff, and uh, he should be back. Hey, glad to have Steve Wilson and Parkhurst next week for next week's game. Yeah, I mean, it's always good to get good players at any time. But, you know, we've got a couple of decisions to make. I thought Wells Thompson 
did real well tonight and we looked dangerous going forward and I thought he was effective defensively. So we've got a couple of decisions to make. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bonus. You know, I mean, everybody likes winning and doing all these kind of things and, and I'm no different. I'd love to coach the All-Star team. But my focus is on my team and we've won and that's all that matters. Do you think the pace of the game was faster tonight with the change in turf? It seemed so. I think so. I think it was, but I think a lot of that was down to not just the field, but you know Toronto was competitive and they don't give you a lot of time and they they're on you. So there's a, there's a lot of battling and fighting going on, which means both teams have to be quicker with their with their passing and their movement and everything else. So I think it was slightly quicker tonight, partly down to the field, but partly down to the the pressure that that both teams put on each other. Again, that was uh, Revolution head coach Steve Nichol and his thoughts on last night's match. Uh, we also mentioned earlier that Andy Dorman had two goals, getting first goal since May 3rd. I also talked to Dorman last night, and we do have comments from him that we can play now. Yeah, obviously, it's always nice to score, but it just uh, feels better to, to get the win, you know. It's been three home games since we've taken three points, so just, you know, nice to take three points. What the speed of the game? Was it any different tonight without the grass and back to the field turf? Yeah, I mean... Felt like it was a little quicker, I guess, because it was on turf firstly, and it was a little cooler night, so meant players could get around the field quicker and, you know, obviously for, for longer at a faster speed. I mean, Toronto is that sort of team where they're going to pressure you, so obviously we have to do the same thing and kind of deal with the pressure. But yeah, we thought we did it well tonight. Scoreboard didn't really show up. Did they look tougher than the first time you played them? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, they're good team, good, good, solid team. We just obviously played, played, did well and did the right things tonight and battled hard. So. Again, that was a Revolution midfielder, Annie Dorman, who had the two goals last night, uh, including the first goal of the night, which was the game winner. Uh, he's now got five goals in the season, second on the Revs, only to Taylor Twelman. Uh, the other goal scorer last night was Pat Noonan, and Noonan had a very good game in addition to that. He could have had another goal with the chances he had. Uh, and we do have comments from him around on, on his recent two-game scoring streak after going a long time without getting a goal. Two goals in a row now. What's been the difference for you? Right place, right time, and ball's bouncing, uh, you know, a little better than it used to. It just, you know, they come in spurts. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we can continue scoring some goals. Uh, it was a, a much-needed victory. That was credit to our defense. I mean, they shut them down, and we needed that, you know. We got our goals, and we had our chances, so that was good, but that was a, a big win for us. And about uh, picking up the slack for, you know, Taylor and Steve and those guys not being here. Yeah, well, Andy stepped up big offensively. You know, it's a team effort. You know, everybody contributes no matter if you're on the score sheet or not. So, you know, a lot of guys get credit. You know, Gary Flood coming in and playing great, you know, as Jeff, you know, had to exit the game, and he played well. So it was it was a lot of different keys, you know, to that win. So we've done well in their absence, but at the same time, you know, we still could have got a couple other victories. So we'll look forward to having them back. Well-directed header for your goal. Can you talk about what you saw on, on play leading up to that? Just a little eye contact with Jeff, and he put a great ball in, and, you know, I was able to get a little step on my uh, defender and just try to put it on frame, and it worked. And that was uh, Revolution forward Pat Noonan who had the uh, second goal last night. Uh, great header up into the upper corner he talked about. I asked him if he was actually aiming there. He said he was just trying to get it on frame. So uh, fortunate it ended, where it ended up where it did. Yeah, and uh, Patrick actually had uh, an easier chance where he was facing the goal and had the goalie out of position and, and behind him. And he had an open net with a defender standing there. And he tried to chip it over and it just went over the net. Uh, it, you, you can't second-guess yourself. You just react to the situation. But in that case, if Patrick had um, put it low into either corner, it might have gone in. But regardless, uh, he created the situation. Uh, 
and uh, he's he's well on track. His reading of the game is among the best in in our league, and uh, it's it's world class. It might have been a better option for him, maybe even just headed on frame there rather than you know going for the the chip. He could a header might have been. Now, better option in that situation. True. Uh, force that one defender that's trying to cover the net in, into a situation where they have to block your shot. But, uh, you know, that that's the way it plays out. I mean, these things happen so quickly. It's easy for us to watch a replay and then say, should have this, should have that. But uh, Patrick usually does the right thing. His instincts are great. And uh, like I said, the goals will come. I expect a few more this year. And we did talk about the uh, three players missing with the national team. Uh, beneficiary from that was Wells Thompson, who got to... Uh, who's been starting the past couple of games is that he didn't get on the score sheet with a uh, goal or an assist, uh, but I thought he quietly had a very good game as well. He, he created some chances. He could have scored late in the game with that left-footed shot and maybe should have done better with some of the chances he had earlier, but uh, defensively as well, he did a very good job keeping uh, Andy Welsh quiet, and we do have comments from him now we can play now. Yeah, I think I don't know, man. I think that's my style. You know, I just try to go out there and give it all I got. I think I'm at my best when I'm playing physical, getting getting into it with guys. So just try to work hard, you know, hustle a little bit. So now without Hernandez and you know, many options on that area, you think more like yours? Yeah, I hope so. I think we have a lot of guys that can fill in. But uh, coach calls me, you know, I'm ready to play. I think I can step in and play right now. So yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully, I get that chance to uh, keep starting. How have you felt about your confidence growing over the past couple of games? You had a great game tonight. Uh, good. I think that's probably the biggest thing for me is, you know, mentally. I think I have the tools physically, but uh, my confidence definitely getting time to play, getting more time has definitely helped settle in out there. Another shutout back there for Reese. Are you just used to him making plays now? Yeah, you always expect that from him, you know, even in practice and stuff like that. You know, he's done a great job. I think the goals that they have scored has been a little, you know, de defensive lapses instead of his part. But, uh, yeah, he's been solid. Again, that was a Revolution midfielder, Wells Thompson, uh, who got the start last night in Steve Rothman's absence. Will be, uh, Nick will actually mention that he's going to have tough choices uh, if he does end up dropping Thompson because of the way he's been playing. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how Nick will figure that out. Uh, Thompson actually in college was a left midfielder. Uh, Kano Smith has maybe been one of the more inconsistent players in the Revolution side this year. Uh, maybe the option would be playing him there. Uh, well, yeah, it does give Steve some uh, options and uh, re Depending on who's healthy and uh, who the opponents are, uh, Steve will have uh, some some players to put out there. And they're, and they're all very good players. One thing you'll notice about this year's crop of rookies is that the work rate is superior to any other crop that we've had before. These guys are not only very good, solid soccer players, but they're, they're the hottest working bunch that we've ever picked up. And again, that was uh, Wells Thompson in the comments there. And we talked about the rookies and Chrisman as well. It's been, a, as you mentioned, a very strong bunch, uh, especially in the later rounds. A guy like Chrisman, who went fourth round, uh, tr traded the pick for Kyle Brown. Uh, I certainly don't think they're regretting that trade. <laughs> well, you know, Kyle Brown was a, a pretty good player, and uh, we had high expectations for him. But uh, he just, um, when he got the chances, he didn't produce, as opposed to Chrisman, who even in preseason uh, started to get everybody's attention because he kept putting them in the net. And there's guys we haven't seen yet. Uh, you know, Kyle Helton. Um, th we've uh, watched some of the reserves game, and, and, and these guys... Uh, uh, Oka, Arsene Oka and uh, Kyle Helton have some speed to burn and it's a matter of uh, circumstances until they get their crack at the first team and I think you're going to like what you see out of all these young guys I, I think the, the future is bright for all of them and we are going to take a quick break here and then we'll be back hopefully with uh, Revolution defender James Riley and after that uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Gold Cup final today that the U.S. came out on top of to retain their title uh, but we'll take a quick break here okay. 
looking for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. This is the game. Soccer football. Call it what you want it. The world's language. If you live for the game and that runs in your veins, say ole, 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 ole. If you live for the game and that runs in your veins, say ole, 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 Pelota. I'm burning down the field, getting hotter than a toaster. I flip fake and juke like Ronaldinho. Me, I'm just a man, but look at you, you're just a nino. When we go, a 4-3-3 three, three should be illegal. Cause we be making plays while you're hogging it like Schmigo. Your ego is just too big to catch the Stilo. Jogo Bonito, you hit the ground like Luis Figo. Oh no, oh no, watch me give and go. Now I'm weaving through the D like I'm the Ronaldo. Ha, if you could only see, I'm Tati with the shot of Thierry Henry. And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Sean Donahue here, joined by Tony Biscay in studio, and now uh, with James Riley over the phone. James, can you hear me? Oh, I guess we lost him there. I'll have to get him back. Uh, we're going to be joined by James Riley, hopefully in a couple seconds there. Uh, he's been filling out at center back in Michael Parker's absence with the national team and certainly did at the beginning of the year when he was out with the shoulder injury, and he's done very well. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Parker's has been one of the premier defenders since he joined our team, and uh, you'd think that missing a, uh, one of your primary defensive guys uh, in a central position would hurt the team, but... Uh, I think that's when all these guys, uh, you know, just put their heads together and, and decide to, uh, you know, c contribute and um, fill in the gaps. And, and James is, is a flexible guy. He's played a variety of positions for us. He's played out wide. He's played midfield. Uh, he had one game where he saved the ball off the line and then proceeded to go down the other end and score a goal. So um, these days I don't think he's expected to contribute on the, on the offensive end, but he's certainly more than held up his own in, on the defensive end. Yeah, it's amazing his assets for versatility there. As you mentioned, you see him play in the midfield. Uh, he's played uh, kind of a left center back role. He's played in the center where when Parkes has been out. Uh, he can play basically anywhere on the defense and seems like anywhere in the midfield. Uh, his MLS net bio even lists him as a forward. I don't know if, if that's the case. Maybe, maybe we can ask him about that later, but uh, certainly versatility is a big asset for him. Right, and and you know James is a great athlete. Um, I I think uh, the the reason he's successful is because he matches up well against every type of forward. You can't outmuscle James. 
uh, on a consistent basis. He, he matches up well with the big physical forwards. And then when he has to play guys like Cunningham last night, who are the small, shifty, quick types, he he's um, quick enough to, to keep up with them. And, you know, uh, but we still keep him off the scoreboard. All, although, as everybody knows, Cunningham's a scorer. Uh, regardless on which, which team he plays for, he's a one-man offense machine, and uh, that was James' primary responsibility. And then he came through, and uh, can't say enough about the guy. Uh, like I said, he fills in a role, and he's a real team player, and that's uh, what, what we love to have. And I'm sure he's one of Steve Nichols' favorite guys right now. I think we have James back on the air now. James, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, over the past th- this entire season, you kind of you've had to switch around. At the beginning of the year, you were playing center back when Parkers was gone, and uh, in the past two games, you've been playing it as well. As, h- how is kind of that switch? How do the two positions differ from playing kind of on the outside and playing in the center? Yeah, the no, definitely, definitely, uh, they're very different, especially in a in a three man back line. Um, playing centrally, Parkers does it so well. It's just pretty much just being calm and patient, and uh, not pretty much overreacting, just trying to clean up. Uh, Credit to Avery John and Jay Heaps and the guys in the midfield do a lot of banging away. Um, so your job is just to listen to Matt, organize, get it organized, and pretty much clean it up. Um, so you definitely don't need to body up as much as you do as the outside backs. Um, you don't really need to dive in, go into challenges, um, things of that sort. So definitely I actually have um, a notebook um, of all the things Nickel told me during preseason that I have that I, I kind of review when I go back to the center back position just just to get that into my brain. And you played against two tough boards uh, last night, and Jeff Cunningham and Danny Dicchio. How is it matching up against those two? Obviously, one's a very fast guy, and the other one uh, certainly very big and physical. Right. No, absolutely. I um, was fortunate enough to watch them last week So uh, in their, in their uh, 4-0 win. So no, we, knew, we knew going in that Dicchio liked to uh, just get the ball to the target man, and they just pretty much like to do three-man combos. He would get it laid off, and they try to fight Cunningham. Um, and spin off that. So uh, we just tried to give, you know, we knew Dickie wasn't going to turn and beat us for speed and things of that sort. It wasn't going to be that cheeky. So just uh, pretty much we just kind of tried to uh, read the layoff and have guys uh, on that midfield person that he was laying it off to and just give uh, Cunningham depth because uh, his speed will definitely kill you if you give him time. And you kept the team uh, off the scoreboard again for the second time this year, uh, but it was certainly a completely different lineup from the first time you faced them. Uh, was was it a much harder task this time than the last time you faced them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the scoreline is a little skewed. Um, definitely a tough team. They have some uh, veterans on there that's played in Europe, um, and definitely having Cunningham and Dickie, two new forwards actually that we played against. We played against uh, Aleko and Buttle last time, so definitely two very experienced forwards. Um, so yeah, just a total all around team effort. So we were lucky. And the three-five-two system you played in. Is, is that the same? Is that a similar system to what you played in college at Wake Forest? Or yeah, uh, exact same system. Um, you know, there's different ways to play it, but yeah, pretty much the exact same system. But in uh, in college, the season's so short, so we kind of we we pressed um, in pretty much the entire game uh, in the in the three-five-two uh, that we played here. You just obviously it's a long season, um, just more patient here, so you don't really do a lot of pressing. Just just getting in good spots and uh, staying compact as a team defensively and then just pretty much trying to get the ball out wide offensively and find gaps that way. Hi, James. Tony Biscaya from RevsLand. Hi. How are you? Uh, question about your position. Uh, you, you've played a variety of positions and uh, played uh, multiple roles on this team, and right. uh, you, you always come out and perform very well. Do you Thank have you. a preferred position? 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest, my preferred position would be a, an attacking right back in a 4-4-2. Um, that's pretty much why I was able to earn my spot on the team. Um, my rookie year, I remember we went down to, uh, going down to Bermuda, and I always, Nichols likes to just play 4-4-2 just to get guys' legs underneath them, and that's just the simplest um, formation to play. A lot of guys have played it, and um, I was fortunate enough to uh, play well as the uh, outside back. So, yeah, that definitely would be my preferred. I just like to get up and down the touchline, to be honest. But, uh, Steve puts you in the middle. Uh, obviously, your responsibilities changed, and your mindset probably changes as well. How how do you play the position differently? You you know Michael Parkhurst very well. You guys have played right. together for years. Uh, right. How are you guys similar, and how are you different? Yeah, I think yeah, pretty much just try to mimic him again. Nickel. I mean, when I when I'm when I know I'm going to play that position, Nickel probably tells me two two things a day in practice um, that I really focus on. Again, I have the notebook. Just pretty much simple. Um, all I need to do is spray it. I don't need to look for the big ball. Um, it tells me I'm not going to change the game. Just get it out wide, get it to the um, Shari and the midfield guys, and that's pretty much it, definitely. Um, I think uh, the difference between Parkinson and I, I think I'm just a bit more vocal, um, just trying to get things organized. The only way we're going to communicate, Parkinson just does a lot of cleaning up on his own, um, just very effective that way. Um, myself, just not playing back there, just have the chemistry can be off. Um, so, yeah, I just try to be as vocal as I can to uh, try to prevent situations before they occur. Does it make it easier to play there, uh, having guys like Jay Heaps, Avery John, Matt Reese behind you, and then uh, Shari Joseph in front of you, all veterans of the league? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it makes it that much easier. I mean, just last night, just a total group effort. Everyone was getting stuck in. Everyone was battling to the uh, final whistle. So, uh, yeah, kudos to everyone all the way around. Um, we had some rookies step up very well. Well did a, w- a very good job, Floody got thrown into um, the pot pretty quickly there. Unfortunately, Jeff Jeff took one. But, yeah, Jeff was battling, so it's got injury that way. Um, so, yeah, de- definitely Matt Reese is behind me. Jason John, uh, you know, Dorman, and uh, Jeff and Shawry in front of you is definitely something that's very helpful. And, and with Kansas City losing uh, earlier today, the Revs are now in first place. Uh, what does that mean to the team at this point in the season? Yeah, we just know, you know, um, it's always good to be in first place, but we know, we know it's a long season. So, I mean, that's that's what we tried to think about when we went through our brief skid um, and during our homestand. So, I mean, one game changes uh, where you are in the, in the fixtures is pretty, it's a pretty uh, drastic change. So, we know we know uh, everything's tight in the East Coast right now. Some very good teams. Um, it's solid all the way around. So, uh, we're just going to take it one game at a time, not get too up, not get too down. And I had Wells Thompson on last week, and he talked about, his uh, decision to go to Wake Forest was obviously made easier by him living right around there. Uh, what went into your decision to decide and end up take to end up attending Wake Forest? Yeah, no, very good question. Um, I just knew I knew uh, some of the guys I was going in with. Uh, my recruiting class helped. Um, the coaching staff was fantastic. Um, Jay Vidovich and Bobby Muse um, down there. Um, so just overall facilities, just a small niche school. Um, great academic school, very, very, very commu- uh, community orientated, um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just, everything you needed was in a, a three-mile radius, so it was definitely different than any any B, than BU or something of that sort. So anything you needed to, to survive pretty much in a three-mile radius, you can get to anything. So it was very, a very good school. James, we've just recently lost a couple of guys. Uh, Joey Franchino's out for the year, and uh, uh, Daniel Hernandez was right. released. And now uh, Jeff Laurentiis uh, had a potentially serious injury. Did, do you know anything 
Any updates on that or on Jeff? Yeah, no, I'm sure. I, t- I tried to text him last night or get in touch with him. I, um, from what I heard, I think he's fine. I think um, we found out pretty much after the game that he was okay. Um, we just treated, and uh, so we should be fine. So we'll, we'll find out tomorrow or Tuesday at training. But um, from what I've heard, everything's a go, so uh, unfortunate. I think it was an elbow maybe on Dickio in that scramble in the box, so uh, unfortunate that way. But, again, just guys battling, sacrificed his body, got... That's Put good his body to hear. on the line and uh, paid the price for the team. So, and kind of going back to to the Wake Forest topic, what is it about that school that uh, you think makes the Revs coaching staff seem to want to go after players from it? Yeah, I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, especially since you don't have a lot of time to recruit in the MLS, you don't really have scouts around. So pretty much it's word of mouth. Um, I know um, the Wake Forest staff does, does a good job with their tape, um, with tapes and films and breaking things down. Um, on different players, so that definitely gives uh, coaches insight to that. Um, so yeah, um, just kudos to them. I I, I really couldn't tell you. So I'm um, for- fortunate enough to have three of my former teammates with me. So it uh, makes it that one much fun. And back when you were drafted in 2005, uh, did you have any indication of where you might end up? And uh, were you expecting the Revs, or were you maybe even expecting a Colorado or another club? Yeah, no, obviously Colorado has been my first choice, um, you know, going into the draft just because it's closer to, it's my, it's where I'm from. But, uh, you know, I was open pretty much. Um, you know, I had hearsay here and there, but, you know, coaches told me to be open to, uh, anything. And so was fortunate enough to, uh, be with, um, my entire Wake Forest coaching staff. Um, Parkers and his family was there. Um, Scott Seeley was also there, and Amir Lowry and his family were there. So it turned into a fantastic event to have all four of us drafted and then be able to go out after and have a good time. So it definitely culminated a fantastic career at Wake. So definitely very fortunate for that. Do you see any uh, players that are currently or up and coming at at the school that uh, we might be interested in? Yeah, absolutely. Parkey and I like to take credit on Solly and Wells. He, uh, they, they asked us, they kind of ask us at the end of the year um, who do we think is good on Wake and we tell them and uh, those were two guys that we said we said Wells um, we said Sully so we, we like to take credit for that so we, we joke about that but no I think we have a lot of good guys I think we have uh, Julian Valentin I think he's going with the um, under 20 U21s right now or he's going to yeah the Canada Tournament Central back uh, Steve Cronin um, Sam Cronin is very good um, I think we have a, Michael LaHood. Um, we have a lot, a lot of good players. I think we only lost two um, from last year's Final Four team, so definitely they're, they're uh, a very good team. I actually talked to uh, the coaching staff there at least once every other week still, so uh, definitely in con- good contact with them. James, you, you play in practice with all the guys that uh, we have, uh, the, the, the veterans and also the young guys. Uh, in my opinion, this is one of the best uh, uh, rookie crops that we've had Right. Uh, the practices are demanding. They're, they're fast and furious, and um, the, some of these guys have not had a chance. And uh, as you know, all it takes is one injury. You missed a bunch of games, and then uh, uh, you can find yourself in a situation where, like Marshall Leonard's now ready to come back. But uh, right. uh, people are performing so well that it's hard right. to sit them down. And, it, and it's uh, a great situation for Steve Nichol to have that kind of competition. Um, What's the toughest thing uh, about the guys that are not playing, uh, for, like a Marshall Leonard and, and the rookies, and, and how do you get on the field? I mean, uh, it, yeah, it's got to be the no, toughest uh, mental situation to be in. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, the only thing you can do really just even from, you know, club ball to college ball and now here, just, you know, make those guys feel significant and know that they definitely contribute to the team, um, whether it be in practice, pushing the guys every day and, uh, you know, just guys being ready to step up, um, just like Gary Floody did yesterday. Um, just thrown into situations like that, performs well. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing much you can say. I mean, everyone goes and goes in looking to get on nickel starting 11 um everything fight everyone fights hard um definitely people have families people have um other people that they need to take care of so i mean it's, not, it's nothing malicious just a just a, a competitive environment and that's good it brings out the best in everyone so um i think we're we're pretty close-knit team we know that and uh we just have to take it from there so yeah it's just it's making those guys that don't play right now um, make them feel that they're very integral to the team, um, just the way they perform and, and push guys. So just trying to keep that going all year and uh, have them be ready to step up when the time arrives. And you mentioned in your uh, bio, the, the Rev's bio, that uh, your favorite place to visit is Costa Rica. Uh, what is it about Costa Rica you like so much, and uh, when have you been there that uh, made you enjoy it, I guess? Yeah, no, fantastic. Yeah, I was lucky enough to go there with the regional team um, my senior year in high school. Um, so we played just the culture and everything. Um, been able to go to the beach was just fantastic. So we did a lot of a lot of um, the tourist stuff as well as play soccer and a lot of the stadiums. Um, and then we were able to go down uh, last year um, twice actually um, with the uh, Champions Cup where we played. Uh, I think it was Alouenze. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce it. And then go back for preseason as well. So I mean, Dad, been there three times. Definitely enjoy it. Enjoy the culture. Um, the beaches are fantastic, um, like I've never seen before. So, overall, a fantastic place. James, you were a communications major, and uh, although you're a young guy and you're just starting out your career, and hopefully it will last a long time, do you see yourself ending up in the uh, soccer broadcasting or some in some facet of uh, the soccer business uh, once you are done in your playing days? Right, right. No, very good question. Yeah, I've always. I mean, I've always had aspirations to coach. I mean, I coach right now. Um, here and there, probably coach in the spring and the fall, summers where I take a break. Um, but yeah, I think it's just good to, um, you know, be, be an ambassador of the sport and get around. I think Wake Forest did a very good job of doing that. Um, a lot of guys participate, participated in camps. Um, but yeah, soccer broadcasting, um, I haven't really thought of that. I'm actually been in the process of looking at various NBA schools part time. Um, just because I'm a young single guy, so I think it's a perfect time pretty much. In, the mecca of university and colleges right now so you could find one anywhere um so yeah no, i mean always thinking about the future that's uh just how a lot of people are so i mean um soccer i definitely would love to be involved in whether it be um in the capacity of a coach um or any any other facet i definitely want to stay involved with the game and James, I, I think that the popularity of the sport, um, as far as the media is concerned, is uh, finally starting to snowball with the signings of foreigners that we've had recently. Right. Uh, do you see that uh, the, the, the heyday of the sport is finally going to arrive? And, and do you see that um, you know, the, the popularity for the average American sports fan is, is going to rise tremendously in the next few years? Yeah, I think so. Um, again, I think just when the soccer generation is old enough to be, you know, become, you know, the consumers instead of, the, you know, telling their parents that they want to go to this and that. So I just think um, we're going to need that to turn. And then, yeah, with the big signings as well, definitely used to watch uh, Scalotto and the Boca Juniors games and the uh, Super Classico, River Plate and things of that sort. I uh, definitely grew up watching Beckham and uh, on Hell as well. So, I mean, signings that 
are unbelievable that you've watched on TV growing up, and uh, now you have the chance to go at them and play. So it's um, it's definitely definitely bringing the sport to the forefront now. Definitely the Beckham signing. So that's pretty much the buzz around around the uh, country is when he's going to be back in the soccer world. So um, everyone's looking forward to that. So I think I think it's coming uh, slowly but surely. We always joke about joke about in the locker room saying you know unfortunately now we're the we're and fortunately we're the pioneers of the sport here. In America, no, it tried and it failed once, but um, we're looking we're looking looking for longevity now. So hopefully soon. I bet all of you guys are really looking forward to matching up with uh, Beckham and Blanco and all these guys. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I just watched Blanco today. Great U- victory for the U.S. By the way, um, yeah, matching up with all those guys is just uh, phenomenal. The fact that you grew up watching them now, now you get to, a chance to put your skills to the test and see where you are. Um, compared to them and uh yeah so it's a good good opportunity we'll let you go in a second here but before you do uh there are two games coming up against uh both against chivas uh first away and then home uh what what have you seen from that team so far is that going to be a tough match and is it difficult at all to be playing a team twice in a row i know if there's you know kind of hard fouls or anything does that you know make it difficult coming back again and playing them you know so quickly yeah, that's that's actually kind of weird. The schedules work out that way, um, but yeah, it definitely is. I think. Um, but yeah, going there, we, we yeah we know they're a very good team. They got a lot of good young guys. Um, I'm not too sure if Bornstein was included in the Copa America roster. If not, he's very good coming up. The last five you saw today, the Mexico game. They have Sasha, um, and then very two very good forwards now um, in Razov and Galindo. So yeah, I've been fortunate enough to watch them as well. So um, we're gonna look, yeah we're gonna look just to. Um, play our game do how we do we we when we went to la play the galaxy i thought everyone says like the second half um the first 20 25 minutes the best football we've played this year just knocking around that pitch so we're definitely gonna love to be on that pitch it's spacious it's conducive to our game so um we'll have parking ralston back uh will give us an uplift and uh so yeah we definitely definitely want three points going coming back from la and then definitely want another three points when they come back the following week so yeah definitely a team that we definitely respect, uh, but we know that if we play our game, we can definitely come out three points. Well, James, the obvious goal for the entire team is to win MLS Cup, but on a, on a personal level, uh, a lot of guys uh, have aspirations to go overseas and uh, other goals for individual uh, uh, achievements. What do you? What are yours? What, would you, do right. you see yourself eventually possibly playing overseas, or would right. you be happy to stay in MLS? And what right. other goals right. other than winning the Cup do you have? Um, yeah, no, um, definitely would love love to stay uh, in MLS if uh, that works out. But definitely every every guy's dream, definitely, I think, would be to get overseas and uh, see what you can do there. Um, definitely have aspirations just to become, you know, continue to be um, in Nichols' first 11 consistently. Um, definitely have aspirations to become uh, a member of the national team. So, uh, yeah, definitely things. I definitely go far beyond uh, winning an MLS Cup, but uh, definitely that's a uh, a personal and collective um, aspiration for the team is to be in the MLS Cup and win it this time. Um, but yeah, on the personal levels, it's uh, it's definitely good to have those type of things. Well, thanks a lot for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it, guys. And good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Stay Cheers. healthy, James. And that was uh, Revolution defender and midfielder uh, James Riley, uh, as we mentioned, has been playing two different positions for the team this year and over the past several years has also been playing on uh, both sides of the midfield uh, so certainly a very versatile player uh, we are going to take a quick break here and then we'll be back to discuss uh, the U.S.'s big 
uh, 2-1 victory over Mexico to win the Gold Cup for the second consecutive time. for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. Float like a butterfly, hit the upper beat. Plus I'm speedy on the wing like Jamarcus Beasley. I'm a three-ball fighter, take you insider. The mind of a World Cup winning hoorada. I play FIFA 06 with a kick. Olé. And I keep rocking until the button's sick. Olé. So when I'm not making, leave you with your back down. Know that I'm like Roy Keane, putting a smack down. I don't know what you've been told. World Cup fever's about to take hold, so act like you know. When that whistle blow, furious and fist G's got game like that's a O. If you live for the game and it runs in your veins, say ole, ole, oh, ole. And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue here, joined in studio by Tony Biscaya from RevsNet. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it yet. I did say I was going to talk about the Gold Cup, but uh, first we did mention that uh, Houston actually beat Kansas City earlier today, which meant the Revs run first. It also means that Steve Nichol will be coaching the All-Stars uh, later this season against Celtic. Uh, so certainly a good honor for him. It is. It's one of the few things that Steve uh, had not accomplished yet, along with MLS Cup, and uh, we hope that's the first of two that he will accomplish this year. That would be very nice uh, for the Revs to finally win their first MLS Cup. He certainly got them very close these past couple of years uh, since taking over. Uh, but now back to the Gold Cup mentioned earlier today. Uh, the U.S. came out on top with a 2-1 to victory over Mexico. Mexico scored the first goal. Uh, really, the U.S. didn't start the match playing very well. Well, you know, it's a tough opponent. And, and as you know, Mexico was very psyched up uh, for this game. The, they need to try to recover some, some of um, their, their pride and uh, the reverse the results that we've been uh, dominating against them recently. And uh, they, they played very well. I mean, they've got some very good talent. And they took it to us for a while. But uh, credit our guys. Uh, they, they withstood the storm. And uh, they had a few chances. And actually, the score could have been higher on, on our side. Well, certainly that goal, that uh, chance Beasley had towards the end of the game. I know we were talking about that earlier. Uh, he, it couldn't have really been any easier for him. All you need to do is pass into the back of the net. Uh, would have would have ended the game basically as far as uh, any chance of a comeback for Mexico. Instead, it, 
Instead, he uh, hit it off the crossbar, and it kept the game interesting in those final few minutes. <laughs> right, and as uh, Brian Chang's chance as well, he made an excellent move to, to cut past the defender and beat the goalie as well. He had an open net to shoot at, but because uh, he was spinning, he was slightly off balance, and he hit the post as well. So Mexico was saved at least a couple of times by the woodwork. And Landon Donovan had the first goal for the U.S. to tie it on a penalty kick. Uh, people have kind of laughed at his routine before his penalty kick, but... Uh, he's not missing any, so I, I don't think there's anything to really complain about there. <laughs> oh, well, you know, every individual's different, and whatever it takes for Landon to get his concentration, uh, they can take their time and make sure they're ready. And uh, I'm not sure whether Landon's doing anything to psych out the opposing keepers. I think he's pretty much just staying within himself and making sure he does exactly what he wants. And uh, that was a very well-taken penalty. Uh, uh, you can't fault him, like you said. You can read into the gestures that he makes and all that, but the results speak for themselves. And certainly the second goal by Benny Fielber from uh, who plays in, at Hamburg in Germany, uh, amazing goal from the top of the box there into the upper left corner. Uh, the best goal I've seen in a U.S. Uh, uniform since I, I can even remember. Uh, certainly, certainly a great game-winning goal, great way to win that uh, game for the U.S. And again, it was a matter of very... Um, tight concentration where it was a difficult shot to hit off of a, a floating moon ball type of that was coming down and he didn't let it hit the ground he picked it out of the air he hit it with top spin and a lot of pace and that was going in against any keeper that was just an excellent uh, you know world-class goal and some credit should go to Twelman there for challenging his defender and you know forcing him to make that poor clearance that ended up right to him yeah, Twelman, as we know, because we get to see him regularly, uh, he works his tail off and he makes things happen. Uh, anytime he's on the field, he's going to pressure those defenders. And, uh, it, you know, that does create a lot of chances. It keeps them from attacking and it also causes a lot of loose balls and, and uh, gives opportunities to the guys that are on the field along with Taylor. And uh, I'm sure all of them would, would be uh, glad to acknowledge his efforts. And even when he doesn't score, he contributes. And maybe the biggest... Uh, thing to come out of this win is that the U.S. will be playing in the 2009 uh, Confederations Cup, which is certainly very good pr practice for the upcoming World Cup in 2010. And I, I think that's a big reason why the U.S. put so much effort into this and maybe not as much into the Copa America that's coming up uh, in the next month. Well, we'll see how those results turn out. It, it's going to be a different team, of course. Uh, Taylor will stay on, but uh, we'll get our other two guys back. But some of the other guys that are going there may not be considered to be on the same level as the guys we have for this tournament. But uh, give give Bob Bradley some credit because uh, he's had to change over the roster a little bit, and uh, it seems like he can do no wrong. Uh, all the guys that he's put out there, uh, he believes in them, and they seem to believe in themselves, and they work together very well. And regardless of the opposition, we just keep getting the results. So let's not shortchange our guy. I, I expect that the competition will be very tough and we'll be playing all away games, uh, which is, uh, in, in a way, it's good that Chicago and some of the uh, U.S. fields are away games for us, too, because it prepares these guys. But, uh, you know, once you get down there and, and you're actually in a, in a different country, not sleeping in, in, in the situations that you're used to back home, uh, it's they're not USA hotels. Everybody speaks a different language, and so there's you know mentally and physically there's different challenges, and of course the class of the players we'll be facing uh, just unbelievable. Those are all world class teams. Especially if you look at the team they'll be facing, uh, I believe on Thursday against Argentina, uh, the squad they're bringing is certainly their first choice squad uh, with some amazing players that they'll be having there, like Raquel May, uh, Lionel Messi, Carlos Tevez, guys like that. Uh, certainly will be a tough task for these uh, pretty youthful 
uh, U.S. side that they're bringing down there. And it will be a great opportunity for some guys who certainly impressed Bob Bradley and maybe keep a lasting future for the national team. Right, and as I said, you know, I, I won't try to even predict the results. We could get blown out in a game or two. Uh, but it will be a, a great learning experience regardless the the tough opposition uh, uh, the the better the teams you play against the better that you're going to you know bring out your own game and uh, I think that it, it it's all great and and I think uh, Bob Radley's done an excellent job of bringing uh, some of the young guys that uh, maybe we weren't familiar with and working them in with some of the, the veterans and and they've worked together very cohesively um, that there's been very few breakdowns so the the consistency of the team is admirable uh, in, in light of the circumstances with all the manpower changeover and we do have just a couple minutes left here so i'd like to give uh, tony a chance to tell us about revsnet and what uh, rev fans can get out of uh, revsnet.com well as as you know match night uh, uh decided to not continue to be uh, our network and uh, that was our uh, main affiliation we had a national network uh, as of now we're just a standalone website uh, but we were that before uh, the website itself is still uh, under construction uh, unfortunately uh, my specialty lately has been the phot photography and I've not found a way to incorporate that uh, I'm still working with a couple of the web techie guys and uh, eventually it will be as good as ever or better than ever but uh, beyond that the guys that we've got working on a site Jim Dow is in my opinion one of the outstanding soccer writers in America he doesn't get the credit but Jim's amazing the, the angles and the stories that he writes uh, I hope all of you Reb fans out there check out his work it's fantastic and then our, our latest guy uh, Brian O'Connell uh, from out of the blue, he's he's become one of the more original um, uh, peace writers. Uh, he doesn't just write game reports. But Brian has a, a unique perspective, and and he does outstanding work. And you know, hopefully, uh, we'll continue to uh, what we've always done and uh, try to promote the team and bring the game to the people that support the team. And as I mentioned, we do have a couple minutes left here uh, before I wrap things up. I would like to mention. I I know I mentioned on uh, revolutionrecap.com the great prizes uh, that Eurosport has uh, sent to give away on this show. We have uh, two Revolution replica jerseys. Uh, we have two Revolution soccer balls. And we also have two uh, very nice New England Revolution Skyline t-shirts. Uh, you can get more information about that at revolutionrecap.com. Uh, we will be giving them away starting on the, with the next show. Uh, and again, there will be more information on how you can win those at revolutionrecap.com. Uh, so certainly tune in and check out those great prizes sean you've, you've done a great job through the years and uh your show just keeps getting better and better and uh with the cooperation of the revolution making the players available um i hope that we can continue to do this thank you very much for inviting me back and um you know let, let's just uh keep trying to bring uh the personalities of the players and um making it available beyond what the mainstream media provides for the fans good job well, thanks a lot for joining us today. Uh, we will wrap things up. We'll be back again next week here at uh, WNRI 1380. Uh, and you can check out revolutionrecap.com for the archives of the shows and other shows. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.